You're listening to Let's Talk Tri-Delta, a podcast brought to you by Tri-Delta. In this podcast, we can dive deeper into some of the most powerful stories from our award-winning magazine, The Trident, and we can get up close and personal with some of our brave, bold, and kind members. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's talk Tri-Delta. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Tri-Delta, Tri-Delta's podcast. I'm Karen Hughes-White, Tri-Delta's CEO and the editor-in-chief of our award-winning Trident magazine. On this podcast, we're taking deep dives into the important topics today for all of Tri-Delta's members. Today, we're joined by a very special guest who I had the pleasure of meeting recently at Tri-Delta's inaugural Lead Reads event in Kansas City. Lead Reads is Tridelta's new virtual book club. Um, we engage with powerful stories and incredible authors. Um, and while in Kansas City, I have the pleasure of meeting Marilyn O'Hearn, um, a Tridelta from SMU, um, an author and a master certified coach with the International Coach Federation. Marilyn's been helping leaders and coaches achieve breakthrough results since 1998 in more than 40 countries. Marilyn, thank you so much for being with us today. Karen, what a treat. It's uh, really been looking forward to our time together today. Well, I have read, Marilyn, that you have been described as a gentle spiritual soul, yet powerful and provocative at the same time. (laughs) Say more about that. Yeah, that's, you know, actually, um, gentle strength was how I was described uh, in graduate school by my supervisor. And, um, and that's just kind of continued that thread of uh, being able to present ideas without shying away from, you know, challenging topics, but doing it in a, in a gracious way uh, with some gentleness so that people aren't just knocked off their feet. Because then you can't really think and, and move forward, right? Absolutely. Sounds a bit like kind of like to all, just going to point out that connection. So it's no wonder you're a Tridelta. Yes, that's right. So in your work, Marilyn, you've introduced people to a concept called cultural intelligence. Can you say a little more about CQ? Yes. CQ, a lot of people know about emotional intelligence. And what's common to both, Karen, is an awareness. But for cultural intelligence, it's more about being aware of our own culture and how that affects our lens of how we see the world, our worldview, and um, and even really how it affects seeing ourselves. And then being aware of other people's culture and how that um, how that impacts them. So culture, cultural intelligence has been identified by um, global leaders as being key for business success in, in today's world because we live in a very culturally complex world anymore. When you consider all the different cultural identities that we have. So it's not just what country you're from, but also gender, generation, um, ethnicity, um, educational level. There's so many different factors, um, sexual orientation. So um, it's being aware of all those and, and the impact. And that is something that I ask the, the leaders and coaches that I coach and mentor is tell me a little bit about your culture and how that might be impacting you today. And 
And I'd love to give you a story example. We have time. Oh, I'd love that. Absolutely. So one of the women that I've coached, a female leader, she was brought to me or referred to me for coaching because she was rising up within the organization and the the director or the head of the organization had said, you're going to need to learn to speak up more and really step into your power and authority within the organization as you're leading team meetings, etc. And so when I asked about culture, we were about the same age, we're from the same state, so we have some things in common, but she was raised um, in a rural area and in a home where, you know, dad was the breadwinner and the mom was more in the background. And so what she saw growing up was women are in the background and the men are the ones that are doing the speaking. And this was something that she really needed to to move past. So just starting with that awareness, this is not just some, you know, just not my personality, but something that's related to my cultural values and beliefs and what I saw growing up versus my family. I grew up in the city and my parents were both doctors and my mom said to all of us, the boys and the girls, thankfully, you know, you can do and be whoever you want to do or be. And she was a model for that, you know, one of three women in her medical school class. So even though, you know, people, she's same generation and same gender, we really had some different messages and hers was getting in the way of her, her, um, being the most effective, you know, unlocking her potential right. in the organization, which was also, you know, limiting the organization. So the right. organization made an investment in her, be, you know, working with me to move past that. That's incredible. And that's so true, right? I love this, the concept of a culturally complex society. Because yes. we all bring so many lenses and, and quite frankly, so many roles to what we do in the roles that we're playing, you know, throughout our lives and especially in the workplace, yes. right? Especially yes. there. And this is kind of a fine line, Karen, though, because, you know, this woman and I've also worked with uh, women who are of Asian descent or Hispanic descent or Native American who have been taught to not. That's what they were told. Do not speak until all the elders have spoken. Right. Or and or unless someone asks you the question. So, you know, in workplaces, people are wondering why aren't they speaking up? Well, it's because they thought they would be rude if they, if they spoke up. But we also know that for women, that if we speak up too much, we can also be criticized. So it's kind of a fine line to walk. It absolutely is, right? As, as stereotypes continue to change and the world continues to embrace differences. Yes. So as you coach women and men, Mm -hmm. uh, you speak about um, your role as their co-pilot. Yes. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Yes. We see um, as coaches, because I train and mentor coaches too, that we are partners. And so I'm not a consultant where I'm coming in and saying, here's what's wrong and here's how you need to fix it. It's really partnering with the person to look at who and where they are in who and where they want to be, and then how are they going to get there? And in alignment with the organization. So I look 
um, with the leader at their vision and values and the organizational vision and values, and then um, map out the goals. And then I, I stay with them. I'm the co-pilot during that, you know, six to 12 month process of them reaching their goals. I'm an accountability partner. I'm a thought partner. We brainstorm. They bring in different scenarios. Um, and we, you know, achieve the goal. So it's the co-pilot. Yeah. So valuable, so valuable. So um, have had the good fortune of having a a tremendous coach. um, And I feel like you're spot on there, right? Spot on. Um, So, you know, as you have coached folks, um, Mm -hmm. how have you helped them renew their passion for mm. their work um, and, and in renewing their passion, really fulfilling their potential? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. And I think it, it helps um, for me to say two of the groups that I really love working with are those high potentials, people who are moving up in the organization and then the people who are getting close to retirement And they're choosing to stay involved, stay engaged, to to pass on their legacy rather than just, you know, slowing down and then heading off, uh, you know, kind of coasting, coasting. Right. So I love working with those two groups. And it goes back to to the vision and values, people get excited and energized and engaged by vision. And... uh, to realize, you know, I, I have these strengths and this is the vision and these things are important to me and I, I can um, unlock my potential and the organization's potential even more by growing in these areas and uh, achieving the vision. And so that's for the high potential. And the person that's more at the legacy stage is, you know, I can really leave a gift to the organization by passing on and sharing uh, knowledge and experience and uh, looking at maybe some final projects to be involved in, to to stay energized and passionate. Yeah. And and to create legacies through some of those those projects. So, you know, as you coach individuals, um, understanding how individuals, right. Um, Mm -hmm. comprise organizations, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your recommendations or suggestions for improving organizational culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, organizational culture is is can be so broad, but I have done programs, Karen, for organizations where it's um, part of their their leadership retreat or whatever, and it's it's um, I do this whole exercise with vision, and I think that. Um, you know, when you look again, vision and values, that's what the culture is about, right? What are our values? What are we, how, how are we working? How are we showing up as an organization? How do we treat each other? How do we treat our clients or our customers and our peers? And that's the organizational culture. So, you know, one of the things that um, we think about at Tri-Delta all the time, and I know lots of organizations do, is um, not only gaining and hiring great talent, but retaining Mm -hmm. great talent. So can you talk to us a little about retention, employee retention and engagement? Yes, absolutely. And that is the subtitle of my book 
book, uh, Breaking Free from Bias, Preventing Costly Complaints, Conflict, and Talent Loss. And in the research that I did, Karen, I'm looking at the book so I can get to get the the right quote here. Well, um, we should we should mention that um, I mentioned you were an author, but I did not mention the, the title of your fascinating book called yes. Breaking Free from Bias. And I do want to get into um, some of the content around that. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this is, of course, related, but would love to hear um, about the, the, that concept around employee retention. Yes. Um, So in the research for this book, I found, and this was from a Forbes article, 60 to 80% of all difficulties in organizations come from strained relationships among employees and that uh, leaders and HR professionals can spend 25 to 40% of the time managing complaints about conflict. So um, it's... It's a big reason why people leave is because they have conflict, especially with their boss or they resent their boss. They don't have a a good relationship with them. The other piece about employee uh, retention is, uh, and it's shown that when you are taking steps to identify and manage bias in organizations, that has a positive impact on employee retention because uh, you probably you may have worked in some organizations. Probably a lot of women listening to this have, where uh, there aren't very many women at the top. There are not very many women board members for the organization. There's not very w- many women in the executive um, room. I I can think of um, a Tridel sister who, when we graduated, had a a key position in a very large global organization and was totally stressed out because there, there wasn't anyone else, you know, she was it, she was the representative. And um, so I think seeing there's other people like me and I have the opportunity to unlock my potential and contribute to the organization's potential. And I can rise up through the ranks um, and and there are going to be people, be people who are advocating for me and supporting me and offering me some development opportunities. So when that's not there, right, then um, you're more likely to lose the talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're hopeful that um, as we get further into helping Tri-Deltas um, become the best versions of, versions of themselves, right? With mm-hmm. a lot of offerings for not only our collegiate members, but our alumni members, right? Mm-hmm. That finding those mentors, right? Um, and influencers from a mm-hmm. personal and professional growth standpoint, um, as well as sponsors, right? In the yes. workplace, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could start some of that thinking among um, our sisters, right? Yes. And take yeah. that forward into the workplace that maybe just maybe, right, we'll be in a position to start to change culture in society. Yes. Well, let's talk about your book, right? Mm-hmm. You have written an amazing book on, on bias, which is um, an incredibly important topic, right, in the world, um, and certainly to us in, in, in Tri-Delta. Um, let's just start with the basics, right? What mm-hmm. is bias and yeah. how does it affect relationships and, and human interaction? Mm-hmm. Well, a very simple definition for bias would be just being 
having a favor towards or against a certain group of people. Sure. And so I can, um, I live in a city, Kansas City, that um, is on in two states, Kansas and Missouri. Right. <laughs> right. And there's been a lot of rivalry. I mean, it goes back centuries. And so I could say if I live in Kansas that I'm against people from Missouri or I favor the Jayhawks or, you know, and that's a very conscious bias. And then we also know that, that there's something called unconscious bias. Right. And uh, kind of the startling fact about that, Karen, is how much of our time do you think we spend in our unconscious? Oh, my. I hesitate to even guess because <laughs> I know I'll be low. Right. Because again, it's unconscious. And so there's a lack of awareness. So Mm -hmm. help our readers understand how much time we do spend as human beings in an unconsciously biased state. Well, and this is not just bias, but we operate out of our unconscious 98 plus percent of the time, according to research. So if you, you know, the classic case of this is your ride home from work is lots of times people get home, they don't even remember the, the drive. They just are going through the motions. It's on autopilot. It's, on, it's, it's unconscious. Sure. And the way that unconscious bias works is uh, the research says that we have 11 million bits of information coming into our brain per moment. So it's a couple of seconds. So if you can imagine this great big funnel of um, coming into your brain uh, with this, we're just flooded with information in our society. So 11 million bits, our brain can only process 40, 40 out of 11 million. Or zero. Okay. Yes. Well, that explains why I can never find my keys, Marilyn. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens to the other, you know, 10 million plus bits of information is that it just goes into slots. Sure. And, And so this group of people goes into the dangerous uh, slot. This person, this group of people goes into the, um, the safe slot, you know, and we just, things get slotted in our brain without our knowing it. And so I have this impact um, model. So the, the I is for identifying bias and Um, Because my book is written for people working with organizations and teams, there is um, there's something that you can take to kind of get a baseline when you start the book and when you end the book to identify your bias, a breaking free from bias scorecard. There are other ways, too, that are mentioned in the book. There's a free Harvard Implicit Awareness assessment yes. that anyone can take online. And I think there's 17 different categories. So race, gender are two of them. Um, so unfortunately, Karen, that is where a lot of material and presentations and books on bias end is, okay, we're identifying the bias and they tell people everyone has unconscious bias. And then the research has shown that people walk away saying, oh, okay, like I 
I went through the training. I can check that off for the year and everybody has it. So I don't really have to think about it anymore. Right, right. Because, you know, and it's actually caused more harm than good in some cases. Yeah. So the the next steps then are to manage your bias. That's the M. Sure. Um, and then the, the P is that, you know, developing um, plan on how to access the untapped potential. Right. So, uh, and that's part of looking at hiring and promotion practices and how resumes are viewed, if you keep people's names on it and other cultural identifiers. Sure. Um, and uh, then the A is for acting on strategy. You mentioned the strategic plan with accountability and awareness. And and then the C is communicating effectively about bias. So if you do hear someone talking about uh, people, a certain group of people, and it sounds like bias to you, then how do you communicate about that? Sure. Uh, and I have some examples that I can talk about that are also in the book. And then the T is for taking stock of your success and repeating this. So what, sure. you know, what have I learned and what, what can I continue to repeat? And I want to go back to the, the unconscious state for a minute. So I do, uh, and this is, I have a YouTube video on this and it's on my website, use a centering technique a lot. Then that shifts our brain. We're learning a lot about brain science and coaching from that uh, primitive reptile brain, the back of the brain, where everything's slotted mm -hmm. um, into the, the neocortex where we can make conscious decisions. Right. So just even taking three deep breaths can help move the blood flow of the brain from that back um, kind of reactive unconscious state to a more conscious state. Um, and, and I have an exercise that combines the breathing with a, a little bit more. It's, it's fun. I think Tri-Deltas can certainly identify with taking three yes, deep breaths. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> to give their brains a moment to kick in, right? Yeah. Neocortex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, and, that is such rich information, Marilyn. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about how bias gets in the way right? Um, how it prevents us from developing really authentic relationships with others. Yeah. And, and not only prevents us from those authentic relationships, but also uh, like impairs an organization's possibility for success. You know, yeah. the, the research yeah. that's been done has, um, has shown that Companies with greater diversity, gender, race, ethnicity, for example, are up to 35% more profitable. Wow. Because you've got different perceptions and different worldviews, and that creates more innovation, which we have to have just to keep pace in our fast-paced world. Yeah. Sure, just mm -hmm. to keep moving. So yeah. um, how can we all be part of these solutions, um, not only in our workplaces, but in society. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that we can do? And you, you mentioned um, a couple of exercises, right? And, and mm -hmm. sort of some pre and post tests in your book. Mm -hmm. um, 
tell us more about what you think that would would help us do. Yeah. Well, I think that the taking the, the three deep breaths and then um, and learning how to communicate with people and and that's it's important. Um, well, two things. We can go to the communication, but back to even um, the authentic relationships. How do I see someone? Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I met you. We, we knew we were both tridels. We knew we were right. both women. And, um, but I can also do it like a self-check-in. So, you know, if I look at Karen, are there any things based on your different cultural identities that I might have a bias about before we we enter into a conversation or a relationship right it might need to be updated mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah that's really important this is it falls a little bit in the category of making no assumptions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right um and really um How do I say giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, you know, the opportunity to be unique in a way that may not meet the eye. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that's, I think, um, so especially important um, in the world. But, you know, in Tridelta, where we're creating communities Mm -hmm. um, of women beginning in that collegiate phase. Right. but to, to ensure that they um, give each other a moment, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, to be the women they are, yeah. right, um, and to make no assumptions about your sisters, mm-hmm. right, until you give them just a little time right. to show themselves. Yeah, so well said, and, and doing a self-check can help on that. And then there's also, I mean, the intercultural field is a whole, you know, graduate level course, but there, you know, people start, if we look at the development of um, having a more expanded view, a more embracing of um, diversity would Lots of you know on the on the opposite end of that is starting out with um, the way I was raised, the way I see things. My culture is right, and yours is wrong. Oh, right, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. and then it can kind of flip and sound uh, sound good, but it really isn't. So the, the you know another thing that people say is there really is no difference. There's no difference, black or white or brown or male or female. We're all people. Everything's wonderful. Well, that's not right either, you know, because uh, we are different. That's a right. fact. And uh, and that just enriches the soup, right? When right. you have the different ingredients and you want to recognize and pull out each person's unique flavor, not say right. there isn't any. We're just all the same. Yeah, so it's a progression and how we see the world, how we see each other, um, that's, that's been documented and, and studied. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a lot to be gained um, by reading Breaking Free from Bias, right? So I'm, I'll take the opportunity to plug your book. Um, and then t- tell me more about what's available on your website and how people can learn more about you and your work. Oh, thank you. 
My website is MarilynOH.com, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-O-H.com. My name is O'Hearn, but it's hard to spell. <laughs> o apostrophe H-E-A-R-N-E. So my website's MarilynO.com, O-H, and um, also O for the kind of fun awarenesses people get through coaching, which you can probably identify with. Karen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You had a coach. And on my website, then there's a tab for services for leaders and one services for coaches. And then also for the, the different programs that I have available. And then uh, for my book, breaking free from bias and my blog. So I have a weekly blog um, and I've just finished a series on how to be direct without crossing the line. I have that as a PDF book, but it's not on the website right now. I did it. Um, I piloted it just a couple of months ago and, and we're still working on the page. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom with the world in the way that you're doing so. Um, we look forward to um, hearing more and more from you um, in Tri-Delta. Um, and so I thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Karen. And uh, I think you're doing a beautiful job leading the organization. And it's delighted to have the time with you. And I look forward to time together in the future as well. And thank you to all of our listeners today for listening to Let's Talk Tri-Delta. Um, be sure to check out the newest issue of the Trident. It's now available online at tridelta.org um, slash Trident. Um, and it's in print. It will be delivered to you. All dues-paying members receive their Tridents. Um, and as always, we'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas about our podcast or questions, um, please email us at podcast at trideltaeo.org. And thank you all for talking Tri-Delta with us. Join us again next time and bring you 